Hello, everyone, and welcome to season one. My name is Presley. My name is Andrew. And welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. For any new listeners that we have joining us, a quick elevator pitch for the podcast. Uh, We review seasons of television that only made it a single season, shows that were canceled uh, before they ever had a chance to breathe. You know, it's, it's, it's a real shame that there are so many of them, but it's given us a job and we appreciate them. Andrew, what show are we talking about today? Well, first and foremost, Presley, um, I would like to apologize. You deserve, like, like, I deserve and our listeners deserve a very sincere apology from you right now. I would like to apologize both um, to you, Presley, to myself, and to anyone who watched even five minutes of this series. Um, You can probably guess what our thoughts are going to (laughs) be. Um this show was the most difficult television series I have ever watched. You got to tell them what it's finished. called. Um, it's called The New Tomorrow. Um, it doesn't even deserve a name. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's called The New Tomorrow. So, so, okay, we, we, I mainly, yeah, I'm mainly apologetic because I found this on accident. Yeah, give us um, the as whole I kind story. Of stated, as I stated a little bit briefly in the end of um, episode three before we announced the show, um, I was told about, you know, Presley and I have a list of the shows we're going to watch. Um, I was told probably four or five times the specific name of the show we were supposed to watch. And not just went, verbally, but also via written text. Oh message. yeah. Like I, I had every opportunity to get it right. Yeah. And when there is a subconscious will, there is a way. <laughs> um, and so, so I go looking for the show. We're looking for terrible shows. And you, you I, know. you know what, you know what? I'm like a pig with truffles, man. I just found it. To I found be fair, it. Just a little, a future teaser. Eventually, it is a show that we will watch. I, the The show that I had said that was going to be the new episode was a show called uh, No Tomorrow, right? A CW yep. show from a couple of years ago. I just kind of picked it out of that. And so Andrew ran with that and made it The New Tomorrow and yep. found a show on Amazon called The New Tomorrow that was originally, I believe it was on some type of New Zealand television broadcast company. Yeah. And just by sheer coincidence had been canceled after the first season. So we have like a perfect storm of a little bit of Andrew's stupidity. And I love you, Andrew. I, I say a stupidity lot. with love. Yeah. Um, but also pure coincidence that we just kind of lucked into another show that was not originally on our list that had a very similar name to the other one. And I, for one, am very happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really um, both a happy and sad coincidence. Um that I found this show because because it made for um, an interesting story <laughs> and a it's lot be the of only interesting time, part of this podcast. <laughs> a lot of wasted time. If there was a way to get all of those hours back, I would give them to you. Yeah, how many? Um, this was uh, like fourteen hours, twenty-one of my minutes, life. episodes, twenty-five or twenty-six episodes, uh, twenty-one minutes apiece. If, you know, it was only 21 minutes. It felt so long. Oh my god! It was 20. Yeah, 21 minutes felt like hours. Um, yeah. So so okay. So give them give them a plot. I think the people are itching to hear what this so, stupid ass yeah. show is about. Rolling into the show, the series. So it's actually uh, a sequel series. Um, the prequel series ran for five seasons. It was called The Tribe. It focused on a similar situation that we're going to talk about with the the plot, but it was more city focused than than this is. And so, clearly, that show um, was more successful and better if it made it five clearly, seasons. Clearly, okay. Um, so the new Tomorrow is a sequel series that follows another in the same universe, the Tribes. Um, in a post-apocalyptic world, the entire adult population has been wiped out by a virus outbreak. Having not been affected by the virus, children are left to survive in the world alone in the countryside and forest. 
These children have formed three main tribes, identifying themselves by different wear and makeup, and each following different philosophies. Okay. Okay. The ants, led by Fagar, played by Zoe Robbins, are farmers living in the countryside who worship and follow the ancestor Bray, who actually is a character in the tribes. Oh, is in the prequel series? He is in the prequel series. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Is, this, is, this is all new information is, to me. Yeah, he's actually a leader of one of the... Um, I, forgive me, I can't remember the faction. I spent too much time learning about it. And then um, a- anything else happened and I forgot it. Um, so Bray was actually a character and a leader in one of the tribes in um, the previous show. So he is now Ancestor Bray, sort of the ant's god, if you will, and they rely on their faith and the guidance of Ancestor Bray to lead them to do what's right and stave off the evil energy of Zoot, another ancestor and actual character and leader of a different tribe in the tribes. This show the, this show sounds better. Could we have watched that show? And, I guess we can't because it wasn't one season. Never mind. Go ahead. I don't have any energy left to deal with this. <laughs> this universe and this storytelling um i just want to preface i will not will not do it there's there's more to the synopsis i know this but none of this is explained in the show we do not know why we are following uh essentially children that are now in this kind of primitive culture i just want to throw it out for our listeners because it sounds like it's coherent and it's super not i mean understanding that the ants are a tribe is understandable. Like it's that's explained yeah. and who Zoot and Bray yeah. are, but not in the context of this other show or that there was a post-apocalypse of any kind. Yeah. So please yeah, continue. So, so the, the, the lead into the, 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 I guess the title, the, the title screen, if you will, or what have you, um, gives you some of a, an idea of what happened, you know, when it talks about like, Oh, evacuation and all the kind yeah, of stuff you, and all the listeners kind of really heard corny, it. We, we cut it into the you know, thing. Yeah, so so you guys heard it, um, and there's some there's some like that's the really only context stuff of that happens show. that you see like oh biohazard or something like that. Um, that's our only context, but but you know, basically, the AI an AI system created a virus that killed all of the adults because they were ruining the world. So Skynet. Sorry. That's yeah yeah. I mean it, it's yeah, but it, really shitty. Um, <laughs> Okay, sorry. Okay, so, synopsis. I've interrupted no, you're you. Fine. So, so we hear about the ants, right? They're they're the countryside faction, the agrarian um, they're society. Very, yeah, the agrarian. They're very um, they're very faithful. They follow the ancestor Bray. Um, they want to fight off um, and stave off the evil energy of Zoot. Uh, we have the Barb's, led by Zora, uh, played by Felicity Milovanovich. Live uh, they live in a safe part of the forest and hunt for their food. They rely on each other to survive and live for the cause of their protection. Um, they're not really religious. They don't have a faith. They just, they live to survive. Um, a little bit more the of the pragmatic the... hunter-gatherer types. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just, they they live by what they see. What they see is the, the trees. They see the animals. They see each other. They see that, and that's what they store their faith in, what they store yep. their survival in. Um, so the ants and the barbs are actually rival factions who end up banding together to survive. Uh, these factions are rivals until an outsider turned friend, Sky, played by Nick Fenton, uh, stumbles along Dan, Rafe Coustance, an ant. Dan is an ant who later becomes a barb and helps save him from a group of people called the Warps, which are led by the Third Tribe. Uh, the Third Tribe, the Privileged, led by Flame, played by Cameron Wakefield, are bullies. They're an aristocratic group. Um, they are the only ones that have like pre-standing structure to live in. They have like they live on a dam and things like that. Um, they basically only appreciate perfection. They enslave other kids who they call the discards. Um, now the discards aren't a faction because they are not given basically the autonomy to be a faction yeah they're slaves into it because they are slaves yeah there's no two ways about Um, it there's there's no other you know way to say it they're slaves and they 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 mention it so the discards serve the play the privileged um they farm for them they wait on them they serve them um they do pretty much anything they want they even entertain them uh so flame and the privileged hate the ends and the barbs and they you know vice versa and flame just wants to enslave anyone who's not the privileged so, you know, 95% of all the other kids he wants to enslave. Um, the privileged and the ants and the barbs fight each other 
Ants and the Barbs prevail, taking Flame as their prisoner and coming to an agreement with Harmony, who is Flame's former friend and confidant and the new leader of the Privileged. Yeah, um, she basically the children, outs Flame. Yeah. Yeah, she, she outs him, sells him to, you know, kind of like sells him off to the Ants and the Barbs and takes leadership of the Privileged and goes back to the dam. Um, so all the children uh, actually fear the machines ooh. Uh, who, <laughs> uh, who roam the Forbidden Zone, which makes a large portion of the forest uninhabitable and dangerous. Uh, the end of the series introduces us to a new faction, the Birds. Um, the other three tribes become friends. And the mysteries of the ancestors, the machines, and who controls them remains unknown. I just want to—I just want to add a little note here. Uh, the birds are introduced in the second to last episode of a twenty-six yeah. episode series, and yeah. the all the factions are friendly within the last five minutes of the final episode, yep. as they've been basically at war this entire series. Just to kind of give you some context to kind of the speed and uh, the uh, pace of this show is kind of insane because nothing happens until everything happens yeah the writers were confident this was going on and that's why we see the you know the birds uh, getting introduced in like the last few episodes we have the machines apparently worshiping a stone i can't remember a stone structure yeah, doesn't make any sense um you know so there's obviously a lot of mysteries yet told or yet to be told um that that obviously the writers had a vision for in season two and and thankfully there isn't one because that just means we had to watch it um okay i'm coming in extremely hot because yeah i finished this show probably about 30 minutes ago being generous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i finished it the same day yeah and i hate you one. andrew there's no two ways about it i was texting Join you about how much i hated you about this um because this podcast was my idea and i knew we were gonna watch some bad shows i did not anticipate watching a new zealand children's shitty post-apocalyptic television show yeah um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't what i expected either and you're welcome <laughs> okay you're welcome okay so i want to hear from you because this was your fault and i'm gonna keep mm-hmm. bringing up that it was your fault for the rest of the episode because this is all i have uh give me give me something you loved and something you hated about it Oh God! Hate love. is easy, but you have to find something to. We have to find something redeemable about every show. I, this is my determination. No, we do not. Yeah, we do. You, we have in every single you, episode. You can find something redeemable about this show. Say have one semi nice thing about. You can be oh. like, I love the wardrobe, and then move on, or whatever. I don't care. Okay, okay, okay. I can come up with one thing. Um, my one thing I loved about this show was that. Uh, Zoe Robbins, who played Fagar, the leader of the ants, had a career after this. That's that's what was great. Wait, the I, thought, rest of I them thought it was Zora didn't. that had a, had a career. No, Fagar. No, Fagar. She was in Power Rangers Ninja Steel. I mean, I haven't watched that particular. Pa- I'm she a Power Rangers Hayley diehard, Roster. but I have not watched that one, which makes me, it, I guess, a poor um, Power Rangers fan. Well, it aired in 2017 to 2018. Well, uh, time to add another show to our list. I guess Power Rangers doesn't really count because they're kind of like limited series and different anthologies. So Yeah, it was also two seasons. So sorry. Damn it. Okay. Well, sorry, season the... one heads. We got to come <laughs> up with a name the... for our fans, but. I have to name themselves. Um, okay. Name yourselves in the comments. So that's the one thing that was good about it. Okay. So you like that she had a career that continued. Actually, you know... That's not about the show. They're... Okay, okay, okay. I, I just thought of something. Okay, okay. Um, What I enjoyed about it, or what, what really made me happy, was to see that it was all in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, All... Everybody who worked on it, all the kids, all of the producers, everybody, you know, the writers, it was all filmed and produced. Everything was in New Zealand, and that's super cool, because New Zealand is amazing. That is the one thing I loved about the show. That was going to be my one positive is the, not the cinematography, because the cinematography is bad because it's a children's show, but the physical locations that they're in are pretty cool. Um, And you can tell that some of them are sets, like the inside of like the dam is like clearly a set, but the like most of the time they're filming in these exterior kind of wilderness areas that are really the woods somewhere in New Zealand, even if they're 10 feet away from a road, right? They still look really beautiful. And, um, 
and they, you know, are in these huts and stuff like that. And, you know, they film on the outside of the dam and they have like huge shoots there. It's not like it just appears for one take. Like they have this fountain that they are constantly walking around and that's where the, um, the discards live is like at the base of this dam and it, like at the, at the bottom of the river. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree with you that the scenery was, uh, was a positive note. Yeah. Um, okay. So for the things, well, how long do we want this, uh, this episode? To be? <laughs> I mean, this is the bulk of the podcast is the things we ate. Um, this might be a two hour episode okay. guys. Just, uh, just, you know, part two will be coming next week. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the things I hated, I'm going to try to think of probably like my top three to five. Um, that's a lot. Okay, go. <laughs> we got, we got to rapid fire it. If we're not going to make it a two hour episode, the direction was horrible. I mean, just the way that it was shot, the, you know, none of the scenes were good enough to, to be put on, to a final cut um the editing was so bad um you know it just all around it was just it was just poor okay you know? i want to put um, in a i want to put in an editor's note here I, I i am not you are able to but i am not going to get too down on a kid's show for not being as high quality as like a show made for adults right like yeah I, I don't disagree with you that it was objectively bad and there can be a lot of artistry and enjoyability on a kid's show because there are tons of kids shows that are yeah. extremely good for adults as well right like it's it by no means precludes the possibility but when you are dealing with a kid's show that does have a smaller budget and is made in a country that isn't the main countries where a lot of, uh, you know, content media is produced. I'm like, I'm not going to get mad at the kids who don't know how to act because they're kids. You know what I mean? Like it feels kind of mean spirited to do that. Um, I'm not saying that's what you're even doing, but I'm just yeah. wanting to know about it because like I was thinking about this as we watch a show. I'm like, well, none of the, these kids suck at this. And I'm like, well, they're kids. No, there are so few good children actors in the world that like Let i feel like it's wrong to to pin that on the yeah. kids you know yeah yeah and you know it it does feel and that was one of the other things that you know i kind of had had thought about was it, f- it felt like they opened an audition for 40 kids and the first 40 that walked in got the job yeah i would say more um, or less but it is a little a couple. harsh in a way to kind of say that cuz you're right i mean they're not you know i mean children you just don't see 40 phenomenal children actors ending up on the same project. Yeah. There are right? some that good would be kids so actors. crazy expensive. Oh no. hundred percent. I'm yeah. not saying that there's not right. But like, yeah, you just, you don't get that when you have, when your entire cast is like 12 or younger. Yeah, exactly. And, you and know. you don't have any adult characters in the entire show to mm-hmm. let, you know, like some of the best kid actors are partnered with good adult actors to kind of offset them and to teach them and to guide them on like a literal acting level, separate from like the, the content of the production. Right. And so yeah. like, you know, you think about, you know, like, I don't know how people feel about home alone or recording this near the holidays, but uh, like Joe Pesci talks about how he helped Macaulay Culkin learn to act better. And so does Macaulay Culkin, right? And in that movie, Macaulay Culkin's probably doing a lot better than if it was some other random person that wasn't Joe Pesci, who's an ex- like a, an amazing actor, right? And so when you don't have any adults anywhere in the entire show, even making cameos or showing up in the background or whatever, um, I feel like it, it creates a detriment to the, to the learning curve of the children who are acting in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, continue so, with your terrible things. I just wanted to put a little so, asterisk on our discussion. No, no, that, that was, that was, it's important to say that it, that was very fair. Um, yeah, direction was pretty poor and it was aimed to be a kid's show. Like the other yeah, show I, was a little bit more teenager, um, adult, like the, the, the prequel. And I'm this so one curious was what like the demographic age was for this, right? Like what did I they mean, have in mind? the age of the kids probably that were in the show. Yeah. Like you 10 know, to 12 year olds from like, what, like five, some of them seem like they were six, Yeah, you know, that six one, or seven up to 12. One girl that know, looks after the hens. There's Sal. Yeah. Sal who, who watches the hens. God, and I then can't you believe have, you remember um, anyone's name. All the names, um, the names are in this show are f- insane. The, the two main characters named flame and sky. And then yeah. there's just Dan like yep. come up with consistency. That's all yep. I'm saying. Yeah, and then you had uh, Aaron, 
the boy and his his sister and they were they were very young as well oh yeah um, they were true. they were barbs but yeah no so um the direction generally you know it is a kid's show so it doesn't like you said tend to get a lot of funding um best talent things like that um it was it was fairly poor um one of my other major things and i i won't harp on for forever the the score <laughs> the score Presley. I mean, you watched it. They they have well. Realistically, it's like maybe four, but (laughs) it's still just not enough. They use the same song for for tense tense moments. They use it for happy um, moments, panning landscape. They use it for um, scary moments when they're showing the machines. Yeah, scary moments when they show the machines, which are voiced by the same bear sound across the entire series. I thought it sounded like an elk personally when an elk bugles but I digress. oh well i not spent many or much time listening to elk sound like a bear to me um either way um the the sound crew on this set and on this production was limited to one 12 year old child <laughs> making noises in a microphone making noises and who could write one to four ditties um yeah Um, which didn't even fit most of the feelings in the series yeah i mean we put in the intro music like the title sequence and that is the song you hear every episode at least twice separate from the opening titles over Mm -hmm. any given scenario like imagine something that happens in a show about like political uh goings on about children and you hear the song over every single possible iteration yeah yeah, this show was clearly written for the kids, and it was clearly written so that parents could get some alone time, um, so that the kids could could just sit, watch the show, and their parents could go <laughs> to the grocery store or be as far away from the TV as possible while their kid was entranced by the show, which yeah, was I don't potentially say interesting that it be to kids. Enjoyable to to a child because I'm you know we're not children anymore. And there are plenty of children's television shows that I love and continue to watch to this day. Um, I would be surprised if this could hold a child's attention. It's not engaging. Yeah. Um, It's not engaging at all. Uh, It was just so bad, man. The, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I could, I could probably talk for another, (laughs) you know, 30 minutes about, I have a couple of things about maybe that'll segue us into, into some of your things. Yeah, yeah. So you tell me. We can also uh, share the thing that we love because there's not much to love about this series. So that's okay. But I want to hear what did you love? Okay, so we we you, like? you kind of took one of mine about the loving it because it is in a beautiful locale of the world. You know, New Zealand is genuinely one of the most beautiful places on the planet, in my opinion. That's my opinion, but I think it's hard to disagree with. Um, it has everything no, I that I would ever want and would easily move there in a heartbeat. So, hey, uh, the Kiwis, if you guys have a free citizenship, let me know. Um, but aside from that, I did... What did I like? Fuck. <laughs> I should have thought about this when I asked you the question, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you probably should have thought about it. I mean, I was too busy laughing at how bad the show was, but, (laughs) um, okay. So I guess one of the things that I would say that I enjoyed about it is that the mystery towards the end kind of got a little compelling to me the, 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 there are these machines and for, for the record, these machines that all the children are afraid of in the whole show are just like um excavators they're they're um you know like you know the big yellow cat excavator excavators with the big hook arm thing to us they just look like excavators with flamethrowers kind of on the end of some of them and they have mm-hmm. like a single red light they're not scary looking at all but they're spray painted black too. yeah they have like just, black glass they're not around like the, the actually yellow like <laughs> you know whatever like they are construction equipment that's spray painted black and they have like makeshift metal on them so it looks like they're kind of like deteriorating it doesn't look good this makes it sound way more interesting than it is it looks like an excavator Mm -hmm. um anyway i liked and was curious about what the origin of these autonomous excavators could have been and at the end of the series we didn't mention in our synopsis but there's this mysterious child that shows up that seems to have like a weird connection with the machines and knows how to like kill them 
and saves uh, Sky and Dan from being attacked by one uh, in the Forbidden Zone on, in the last episode, it, it kind of got me interested. I was like, okay, I'd be curious to see more about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want yeah. an adult to just come in and exposit all the answers, but I would still like to know what the answers are. So well, I could be the adult. So so the oh you the know the answers. Kid, okay, good, great. The the unknown kid was a leader of the bird, or not a leader. He was the brother of the leader of the birds. Right. I know that. And so you could, you could, one could assume that because they, the ants, the barbs, and the privileged hadn't heard of them, who all live on the countryside slash some of the forest, they probably live in a different part of the forest. I presume that is, that is divided by the forbidden zone or on on a different side of the forbidden zone. Yeah, but then that would mean that they would have to cross it and they didn't know that. They didn't know what the machines were. They were like, they were like, what are yeah, those noises? This, yeah, but the the one kid was a wanderer, and so he, you know, learned through being in the forest how to defeat them because he had to because he had to survive. I get, but then he talks about the fact that like only the prototypes. He says three those words. That's the only words that this kid says in only like six three episodes. Words. Um, yeah. He says only the prototypes are in the forbidden zone or something like that, right? And so mm-hmm. it's just interesting, right? Because we're talking about it. We're having a conversation about what this could all mean, which, you know, is what we kind of look for, right? Like in our last episode, we have things that were left hanging and we were curious about what could happen in the new season. And this is like, it got my head thinking and it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay, now to the bad. Um, and this show was bad, y'all. Um I'll start with a simple thing, but it's, I think, like, a very important thing. None of it makes any sense. I can believe the sci-fi premise of, like, all the adults were killed off, right? But the fact that these kids have religion, which, again, I can understand. Like, they need something to believe in about a different tribe that existed when all these kids are barely old enough to have memories of anything makes me wonder how there is a second generation of these children in the forest after, you know, five seasons of a different show that I'm just now finding out about. And like, where do these five-year-old kids come from? Right? Like if there's yeah. no adults to procreate, right? Like this is more of a like logistical nitpick, but it really bothered me every single episode because there are these like 12 year olds that are kind of running the tribe and then they like go all the way down to like five year olds who don't know anything and are really annoying. Um, but I don't get the logistics of it and it bothers me. So (laughs) because I've spent too much time reading about this. Yeah. You really did uh, some research. You did more research than any of the other episodes. And I like it from, from what I can, I was just so fascinated by such a shitty story (laughs) and universe that I had to know more. Okay. Um, it, from what I remember and feel free listeners to fact check me and, and get at me in the comments. I'm not going to respond because I've already spent enough time on this series and universe, but the tribes series, uh, the show the yeah, this, the show, it also begins after a virus wipes things out. Right. Right. But they grow up through their series and they do in fact some of them do in fact have children so what happens so to them they get wiped out at the end of the series after another resurgence of the virus so these are place. like their kids yes in, so, in the sense of what you're talking about yeah not necessarily so as, literally their kids yeah 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 but like it's 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 like they basically had a generation that grew up, they got killed off, and we have a second generation of these kids that are surviving post-virus. Okay. So, okay. Um, you know, Bray and Zoot, uh, as I mentioned before, are like their ancestral, um, you know, like people, like gods, I guess, if you will, that they believe in um, controlling all things good and evil. Uh, they, the two of them each actually had kids. So the prophecy that you hear about and see in the, uh, the cave, which I didn't mention because oh God, I forgot about the cave. It didn't really come to anything. Sidewalk chalk drawings on it. Yeah. Sidewalk chalk drawings in this cave, you know, sky discovers that he brings the leaders of the ants and the barbs there. Um, they kind of have this thing and that kind of like leads to a lot of the, the things that happen in the show is like, 
Fagar and Zora fight a little bit over belief and things like that. It ultimately wasn't very interesting, so it wasn't worth and talking too much it. about. And nothing comes of it. Um, it just kind of acts as the reason why the ants and the barbs don't become friends and get along as quickly until as, the very um, last four seconds of the final episode. as they as they did right yeah. um so so yeah like bray and zoot and i believe some other people i did end up having kids and so so you know there, there is that element. Okay. Now, again, now not explained still in the show, doesn't, and I appreciate. Right, I was gonna say it still doesn't explain how they know these people's names, how they know that they had kids, whatever. Because if you watch the show, which you know, do it at your own risk. Don't. I'll spoil um, our star ratings. Don't watch the show. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you can't tell by by now, <laughs> you you don't want to watch this show. Um, no, so so when you know they had kids, but it doesn't make any sense who taught them. That's what who I mean. Taught right? them like this the... belief system. There's no words and letters. These kids don't know how to read and write. They just know how to speak because they grew up uh, when they were younger. They learned how to speak. And, and it's know, like there's no actual writing. It's hieroglyphics, basically. A great example, right? Like Zora, the leader of the Barb's, the pragmatic hunter gatherers. Right? Mm-hmm. They go out, they hunt, they gather. Literally, the name. And who did who taught them those things, right? A baby in the forest will always die, a human baby that is, right? Because yeah. they have no means of defense or understanding, right? A five-year-old yeah. could survive for a day, maybe five, right? You know what I mean? Like there are those extraordinary cases where kids get lost in the woods and live like insane amounts of time, right? But the systematic way of like tanning leather and hunting to sustain yourselves and yep. baking and all those things are things that no child would know about unless an adult taught them because it's passed down generationally, right? You could, again, mm-hmm. figure out one or two little things like that. You could figure out how to make something that throws an arrow really far to kill something. I believe that as a child. I do not believe childs could rebuild society. Yes, you are correct. No, they, they did have... Pretty sophisticated weaponry. They had sophisticated um, tents and things uh, that someone would have had to teach them how to do. Yeah. You know, they did have some folks um, that were rather smart. Quarley, uh, who's, Quarley, whose yeah. name I f- forgive me. Um, he I was don't the best have character his, in my his opinion. name. I agree. I don't have his uh, his his actor's name pulled up. Um, For our listeners, he was like the. Um, he could just make anything, right? He was like, he just knew about every, he knew about science basically without like action. He yeah. builds a bike he, out of bike parts because bikes existed, right? And they call it the metal horse. That was one of the things that I actually really loved yeah. about the show when they build the bike. Yeah. So they build the bike and he puts like horns on the front of it and they call it the, the what do they call it? The metal horse or something like that. Yeah, some, and some, yeah something like that. Every time you see a child on it, they're wearing a helmet covered in shitty leather strips and it's like very clearly the parents of whoever making the show are like, we don't want our kids riding a bicycle through the woods at high speeds and not have right. them wear a helmet. But when you think about like these kids who are making this thing that goes fast, no kid in their right mind would ever think to make a helmet. And it's like this inherent contradiction of, of safety and kids living in the woods that I think is the funniest thing ever. The The whole series is in and of itself a contradiction. Yeah. Because we're led to believe that this extinction event, you know, adult extinction event, happened years and years and years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like decades Right, because, because, you know, all these people are just fables now. These people from this previous series that, you know, we don't know anything about other than some chalk drawings and, and, and some stories that somehow yeah, they're were passed completely. down. Right? Um, the whole whole show, the whole thing is a contradiction. Um, but again, we are not the audience. We think too critically as adults to probably enjoy this show, right? Kids, I guess. Even kids that are five to twelve. I mean, just just face it, they're not thinking as critically as we do. They're maybe not, some of the older ones, like twelve, thirteen, you know, whatever, may be asking the same questions or similar questions that we are. But I think their main audience is not, right? Oh. You're not watching. As an adult, you're not watching Barney asking how in the fuck a purple dinosaur singing, is dancing, still alive dinosaur. and singing and dancing, um, right? You're you're a kid because you're a kid watching it. You just enjoy it because he's fun. 
So now you're on the defense of the show, which I think is interesting. You've pivoted. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to put it in perspective. No, right? you're I'm right. And, to I, put and it I think it's fair. And I, I would be very curious if a listener, you know, wants to try to sit through a couple episodes with their, you know, kid that is appropriately aged who can understand the accents. Because that could be another, I think, challenging thing for somebody in, in the U.S., who is yeah. not familiar with Kiwi accents or Australian accents or any of that. Uh, most of the children are hard to understand that you got to like kind of filter it out a little bit because they're speaking with their normal accent <laughs> yeah. that can be challenging because it's children trying to act, you know? Yeah. Um, the Kiwi accent definitely. I, I, it's been a while since I've spent some time in New Zealand. I personally had to turn on the, um, the subtitles except for, for Omar. Omar was just yeah. a good old fashioned freaking American kid out I'm of nowhere. So curious about that because again, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense that he has an American accent and nobody else does. Yeah. And then everybody else is a hardcore like New Zealand. Yeah. They just, you, you know, know they Kiwi sound accent. like someone who's from New Zealand cause they are. Um, yeah. okay. I have another major qualm with this show and it's Who something that you can't explain away with your child's whimsy as you did with the last one. <laughs> sure. Um, flame runs the privileges, right? The privileged privileges, the privileged, the privileged, privileged. And he is like a dictator who is terrible to everybody and everybody hates him kind of, but nobody says that because they'll be discarded. And he always says that he's like, you're discarded. Right. And that was a horrible accent, mm-hmm. but you get the point as that's what he sounds like. And he's like so petty and vindictive and horrible and not interesting children while not fully developed are smart enough to know to not listen to a person like that and they never give us a reason to like as to why flame himself would like be in power or able to maintain said power and everyone's always like conspiring against him and it turns into like this kind of game of thronesy like who's going to take over flame's chair how are we going to overthrow him how are we going to usurp him and flame keeps kind of wriggling out of these situations and he's really petty um a, no child would ever find that interesting. Just throwing it out there. Uh, mm-hmm. B, how is he forcibly enslaving these people and they're not, you know, it's even five children could overthrow this other child, you know? It's like very simple kind of things. And I yeah. don't understand how they like logic out the idea that Flame is just running the society with slavery. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got Shadow, the leader of the Warps, and the Warps, right? They're like his muscle. They're they're the older dumber kids, I guess, is what I want to, to understand. Right? They're kind of like but they're also not privileged. Thing. They're they're just kind of their own almost faction, but not really. Right? They're they're still servants. I would say they're like a a grade up from from the disgrace or not disgraced the uh, the discarded the discarded. Excuse me. Um, yeah. No. I mean that that's one of the interesting things was was I was hoping. You know, there's a scene where you know Flame is obsessed with Sky because he beats him in a in a fight. That's the funniest oh God, thing ever. The choreography in fighting, and obviously they're kids and they're, they, they're you that's know, the other thing is no no nothing happens to these kids of consequence the entire time. When that fight no. happens that that you're alluding to, he trips and he gets a very the smallest, most superficial cut on his face. Yep. It is like. Yep. I could take a red crayon and draw it across my face and it would look like I'd been more grievously injured than this child was. Yeah. And he is so, so upset, upset about it. by it because he's not perfect anymore. He's not perfect. Even though Which is three dumb. scenes later, there's nothing on his face anymore. Well, yeah, because it was such an insignificant scratch that after a few hours it was gone. But um, he holds this vindictive, but he holds, vindictive yeah. petty thing against sky he has to capture him and then beat him in a fight and then he kind of does by virtue of the fact that he basically kept sky awake for multiple days doing manual labor to the point of almost breaking him in half yeah and not feeding him but maybe one gold potato a day yeah it's some raw potatoes yeah raw potatoes so yeah no i agree um the like big big bad guy. There wasn't really a reason to believe he was scary. That's the thing, um, right? In fact, I, like in everyone's fact, always the opposite is true him. to the viewer. Yeah, um, I. It's just it's it's that kind of it's kind of that thing about about bullies in school and stuff. Is you know, you know, surely some of them can back it up and they do, but it's really just people presenting. It's putting up a front. You know, they're they're basically putting on this show that they're this big bad scary person but in reality it's just this insecure uh, weak 
you know, troubled, whatever you want to call it, person who can't back any of it up, well, clinging on to it, something that makes them feel less insignificant. It's really interesting you, you mentioning this because towards the end, right, we mentioned that he gets usurped by Harmony, his kind of advisor, yeah. friend, confidant person. Um, and then the ants and barbs who have at this point come together as a, as a single tribe kind of uh, yeah. hold him prisoner. Right. And then they're like, well, why are we holding him prisoner? This is stupid. Like we shouldn't do that. Cause he was doing that to us and it wasn't fair. And so they just let him go. Right. But then he, a flame that is, is like so afraid about all the enemies he's made just goes back into his prison. cell, which is kind of funny, honestly, he's <laughs> like, funny, Oh, yeah. I can go. And then he immediately turns around and walks back into the prison. They're like, what are you doing? And so then he becomes part of the farmers, but still complains about it. Even though he could not do that. If he didn't want, he could just leave. Like there's nothing tying him there. Yeah. And I think it's very funny that then in the four episodes at the end of the show, not only does all that happen, they discover this new tribe and then they're all like, we're going to come together and we're going to face these new challenges. And then they do the, like everyone puts their hands in and goes like, yeah, and the, that's the last shot of the show. And yeah. I just thought it was so funny. Cause like literally for 25 episodes, this character has been nothing but antagonistic and hateful to every single <laughs> other person. And then all of a sudden he's like totally friendly and he's like, yeah, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to free all the discarded and it's going to be great. And I'll be leader now. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Child. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like they, the harmony come and comes and visits, um, and they give, uh, what's his face the, they, they didn't even give him his name or they gave him his name. I can't even remember the, the, the mysterious kid, I don't the remember stranger, the stranger is what they call him. Uh, his cool face. Paint they on. give him back to the birds, uh, and then harmony, you know, and, uh, and friends, I guess we'll say, uh, the privileged kind of like hang out. They have a good time. And she's like, oh, I want to be friends with you guys. And then she's like, flame, come back and lead, but you have to like, let everybody free and whatever. And it was basically like the series had ended, which obviously it was canceled before, uh, before this episode. And so I think they were just like, well, shit, let's you think they reshot it together to like to, have a better conclusion. I think that, that it was canceled before they even like had an idea how they were going to end it. I think it was one of those types oh, of Oh, so you things. think they like, were like, you know, halfway through making the show and they, you know, it was maybe released. I don't, it's possible. Shit, I don't know, dude. It's possible. I mean, with, with, with how it was shot, edited and directed, they probably could have shot an episode a week and just, and just sent it out. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. It's uh, the, the not the best quality, editing. You know, I could do it and I have zero experience. <laughs> and any of that this is my first experience into that kind of like you know thing yeah um, but i could it, probably yeah, do I think just right. as good a job as as they did on that show so you know i think that before they had ended the series they knew that it was going to be over because i don't know the whole the whole tone of that last episode was uh you know the last half when everybody was making amends or whatever and all that felt very we know this series is ending yeah, I, I yeah, I think you're right, and it it feels like something where I, I feel like a lot of children's television shows also have this where there's never really like a finale because like seasons yeah. are kind of irrelevant to most kids when yeah. it's like not super yeah. episodic. Another thing that I think it would be harder for like a kid to follow like the geopolitical intrigue, right? Like they're not yeah. gonna know, you know, if you watch if you were just like watching this online at like one Saturday and you caught the middle episode, you would be so lost. And that's not good for a 10-year-old to just be lost when watching a fun kids television show. Yeah, they need like – kids would need like a sitcom-esque type of show where, you know, Each there may be some overarching themes, but the, the theme or the, the the subject and plot of that show or that episode is contained in, right. in episodes. And if you don't miss an episode – you may miss one thing here and there, but that's kind of like a longer standing joke, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, this show was, was pretty bad. Any other <laughs> criticisms that you have? Was there anything else that was like, that's burning that you need to say? I mean, we could literally just continue. Uh, there was a character named Jag who was a oh, barb yeah. who was extremely antagonistic to Omar, yeah. who is a ant. Um, they were essentially like the 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 war chiefs. Yeah, the, the of, second of in the commands of a tribes. lot of things, right? Like, yeah, well, they were like the security guys. Security, oh yeah, I guess that's fair. Them, right? like, in, um, uh, protector Jags. Yeah, case. Anyway, yeah. um, he's very Omar antagonistic, too. very mean, very kind of hostile, especially to Omar, but to a lot of the other uh, ants because he just fundamentally disagrees with their like way of life, and it's like a plot point across like multiple episodes. 
and then in one episode he just leaves and doesn't come back and it like they show him leaving it's not like he's just gone from the show right it'd be one thing if he just disappeared and you forgot about him it's another thing when you like you show him leaving and wistfully looking down at the tribe and then walking away and never showing up or being a plot point again and never stating why he's leaving or anything like that and i thought maybe it was because he was maybe zoot's child which could have been an interesting twist to later introduce because he was causing so much trouble and being so evil and they kept saying there's an enemy amongst us and so oh this was my head cannon because i needed to find something interesting about this show to fucking latch on to yeah you really you really kind of that's interesting I never thought about that. I uh, I don't even think I caught that he walked off. Um, you know, I just, I got through episodes one through 16. And that was his last episode was 16. And then I think I got to episode 20 and I went, where's Jack? <laughs> that conflict kind of just ended for no reason, huh? Huh. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen him for a while now. He was pretty disruptive. No, they. Um, I distinctly remember the shot because I was laughing out loud about it because I thought it was yeah. very stupid. Because he hates that. everyone. Like, why would he look back wistfully at it? Like, why would he care at all? He would have just left. Well, he likes some of the barbs. Does he though? He just he's really mean I to think everybody. So, well, he's just he's just kind of a dick. Yeah, that's what I. But just that said. doesn't mean he doesn't like them. I guess, or or you know, because. You know, we will have people in our lives that are kind of like the assholes of our group uh, that we you love speak from experience and want to spend time together. I imagine there's a group out there somewhere that not out there somewhere. I imagine in some friend group of mine that I'm not the nice one. <laughs> um, well, OK, so I have a fun question for you to kind of wrap up our conversation before we get, get into our ratings and, and final final thoughts. Um, which tribe would you be a part of? Ooh, good question. Uh, the, well, we'll call it the three. I know there's hmm. technically four. Um, yeah, we don't know enough about other birds, of, the, yeah. of the birds to, you know, other to, than I want to give them the bird. But um, uh, that was please edit this out. Yeah, um, no, it's OK. Leave it. It's fine. Um, uh, you know, I think that the faction that I would be a part of would probably be the Barb's. Okay. Cause I don't think I could live a vegetarian lifestyle, and they they, they it seems like there's not a lot of tree coverage. They get a lot of sun, and uh, <laughs> not and it just seems like nice. Chickens. No, the, uh, do they? Yeah, I don't feel like they really do. Okay, they never show. They, they never show they any violence the in the show. I'm gonna circle back to something I hated about the show. Nothing <laughs> happens to injure any children, which is ostensibly a good thing. But in a show where you're enslaving yeah, other childrens, of... you have to show something to discern why the children are afraid, right? Because like occasionally they like shove each other, right? And like the big battle between sky and flame is like just a shoving match in a circle. It's like a kind of like a sumo where it's like whoever gets pushed out of the ring first loses. Um, But you have to show like someone get hit with a stick one freaking time or something. Like I'm not advocating for child violence. Obviously I'm advocating for pretend violence in a post-apocalyptic show about children that fight each other. End of rant. Yeah. No, no. I mean, the fight choreography was bad, and um, because it really wasn't fighting, they kind of just shoved each other around, and like, you know, Sky just did Tai Chi. Yeah, it's very funny to watch them like pretend to like train, and they're just like kind of doing motions in the air for no reason, and then they never use it once. Yeah, and it it was pretty bad. Um, Okay, so you would be a Barb, the the hunter gatherer type. Uh, Hunter gatherer type. I just feel like. Um, you know, I think like I would just prefer that. What about you? I would also be a barb, uh, because I like the hunter gatherer lifestyle. Um, I would not be a privilege because that way of life would be like detestable. Like I wouldn't be okay with enslaving fellow children and I'm not okay with that. It's not that I wouldn't be, I'm not. Um, and I could maybe be an ant, but the religious angle about praising and praying every day, um, is not for me either. Um, I have no problem with an agrarian lifestyle though. And I would probably help out with the farming. Yeah. Yeah. The faith was, was one for me too. I was like, Oh man, dude, they like go to this weird altar that they built out of old bikes (laughs) to pray, to, to Bray, to give them. It's so, this show's so wild gang. 
if you guys want to watch a terrible show that's really insane, watch this show. But otherwise, don't ever watch this show. You know, it is interesting. You can pull a lot of themes. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell a lot us the of, themes. You can pull a lot of themes and things out of this series that kind of like make us as adults really connect and think about the way we're, we live life now. You know, you just have like really strong organized religion and how, you know, sometimes people, um, I guess, force that on others. Right. We see Fagar pushing that on everyone, trying to make the barbs follow them when the barbs are like, hey, we're doing our own thing. We don't we don't do that. You know, you see, um, you know, you see how the privileged are, are, you know, quote unquote rich in the fact that they have nice meats and and apples and things like that and they're this higher class or whatever and how they think they're better than everyone else when in reality they're not um and that you know that you don't really want to be a part of that i don't know there's just some like bigger themes there that um i really had to pull teeth to get out <laughs> so that i could i'm you know this is i think finish game of the thrones show. kind of dethroner from what you're telling me in terms of all the geopolitical intrigue and the themes go deeper in our society now I know that you haven't seen Game of Thrones because you don't like it, but stop comparing show. it to Game of Thrones. It's basically um, Game of Thrones for children, of children. It's so not. Okay, moving on. Is there not <laughs> multiple factions in Game of Thrones, some of which are uh, nicer and some of which are meaner, that are all vying for control over the other factions, some of which have slaves, some of which don't, and there's a group of monsters that they're constantly afraid of that live in a different region of the same area that they live in. I suppose the answer to your question is yes, it is a show that has all those things in it. Yeah. Just like Game of Thrones. That doesn't mean they're the same. <laughs> but okay. Um anyways, <laughs> and we're just not so reviewing mad that I figured this out. <laughs> we're not reviewing Game of Thrones. We're reviewing The New Tomorrow, your new favorite TV show. Um it's not as good as Outdraws. Um, um Let's get to our uh, review systems. Andrew, give them a quick breakdown of how we do our reviews here. Okay. So zero out of five would be the person who wrote this shouldn't have been confident enough to even apply to to show this show to anyone. They should have never like put the resources into creating a pilot to show it to someone and say, hey, Give me money so I can make more of this. Like the idea was fundamentally flawed in a point where the it idea never was have been fundamentally made. flawed. Should have never happened. They should have confided in a close friend and say, "Hey, can you read this idea in this thing that I have about a show I want to make?" And their really good friend should have been very honest and very sincere with them and saved us all the grief of having this exist. Um, one is you know it was a bad show. Uh, I, I could see why it should, uh, not have continued. Um, a pilot episode probably would have been a pilot episode probably would have been fine to get the end then probably nothing else. Uh, two, you know, Hey, it was a show. I see, I see why it was canceled. Um, you know, I think it was fair that it was canceled, but it was, it was somewhat watchable. Uh, three is this was a pretty good show. Um, kind of on that fence, I I could see it going on, um, but you know probably, probably still uh, explore an okay your thing own that risk. You know, you know, explore your own risk. Watch it if you want to. Don't watch it. You probably won't miss out on too much. Right. It's not uh, a star-studded affair that you should feel any FOMO about. Uh, four, uh, you should watch this show. It's good. Um, there are some, some flaws that make it understandable why it was, was canceled, but ultimately it should have continued and it was good. Um, five, it's a crime that this show was canceled. And to this day, for the rest of my life, I will be upset that it was canceled. Right. So, so now that we've gone over our prior listeners, what is your, uh, zero through five star review of the new tomorrow? Four in New Zealand. <laughs> Four out of five. Okay, you can't you can't spend the whole podcast being mean to the show and then giving <laughs> it a four, even as a joke. No, not de- God, not a four. Negative four. Um Wow. You know, I think okay, if we're looking at this show 
uh, in a vacuum, removed from the fact that it's a continuation of another series that was fairly successful in a universe that attracted viewers, et cetera, et cetera, zero out of five. Wow. Okay. It should not have been written. We should have just enjoyed the single, you know, the other show, The Tribe, I believe yep. it was called. And, yep. Or um, if this, lives. yeah, or if this show was going to be a show, if this was it, right? If this was going to just start a new series and the, and the predecessor didn't exist, this should have just never existed. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Zero out of five then. Our first zero from you. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of gave one to Cowboy Bebop, but it was a little bit of a cop out. Um, so I'm yeah. not going to count it. I'm going to give it a one. It's not a good show. I think that the idea has merit to continue in the universe that seems kind of interesting about these children who live after the adults live. Like I'm not against the theme or the the idea, but the execution no. and writing yeah. leaves so much to be desired in the sense of like what I, you know, all the things that I just ranted about for 25 minutes like if all those things were in the show, it would probably be like a three or four, right? Because like I would enjoy mm-hmm. those things and have more stake in what was happening to the characters. But because it was just missing so much of what makes a show interesting and the production value and like time and effort that goes into a good show, it has to be a one for me. I don't think it deserves a zero because like clearly the other show was adored. At, you know, five seasons is enough to show that people enjoyed it to some degree. And so I feel like it deserves like a one because it's like, well, we should entertain the idea. And then when we realized the idea was bad, we should have stopped and they didn't. And then they did when they were canceled. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like I said, it, it I gave it a zero as if it was in a vacuum. Yeah. As completely isolated. Right. Now that I know was that completely isolated and didn't have a predecessor show. Even ultimately, without knowing I think that, I would still probably give it a one. Yeah. I, yeah. Ultimately, I think I, I would still stick with a zero, but yeah, I'm I'm fair. kind of like I don't think I'm wrong. kind of like teetering between maybe giving it point five, maybe one stars. You're leaning heavy one on star. this half star rating, and I feel um, like we, we gotta quell that soon. But uh, but yeah, I I think I think it just was so bad. Um yeah, don't watch the show. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Um, definitely definitely don't watch it. Do almost anything else with your time no do anything else with your time please um we give you maybe watch the tribe i don't know maybe that's a good show we give you back the countless hours you were going to spend watching this series after hearing about it live your life with the hours (laughs) instead um andrew where can they find us uh they can find us at season1pod.com season underscore one underscore pod on all socials your twitter instagram facebook etc and you can find us everywhere you find your podcasts where you're listening to our sultry voices right now um make sure to leave a rating and review it helps us it, it shows us what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong we want to hear from you right if if we're doing something great spread the word to your friends and family if we're doing something terrible spread the word to your friends and family and be like hey look at these doofuses they think they're so cool reviewing they're only gonna have season one season of their podcast because it's so bad or great i don't know um we would love to hear from you guys and uh, see what you think of the show um andrew what is no you don't get to decide what our next episode is you're right i'm removing your ability to decide i'm doing it right here one series on the podcast (laughs) because you fucked it up so bad Oh, you're welcome. Okay, for our next episode, we are going to watch Frequency. Frequency? Yes. It sounds interesting. Is it a documentary series about how sound works? No, it is about a time traveler. I don't, I don't, don't quote me on this. I could be really wrong. This is going to be funny to see if I'm right. I believe it's Mm. about a time traveler who goes back in time to find the source of a radio transmission that caused the end of the world oh another post-apocalyptic show but it doesn't it's like it's like 12 monkeys right where it's it starts in the post-apocalypse but then it goes to before the apocalypse happened when things are like deteriorating um but not apocalyptic Mm. again i hope i'm wrong because it'll be funnier for our listeners i think i'm right though so uh tune in next week uh when we talk about frequency um i hope that it's better than the show 
Me too. I could really use a break. Yeah, like a good show. <laughs> that level of production. Hey, well, we we will find out, and we look forward to uh, to uh, talking to you all next week. Uh, until then, my name is Presley. My name is Andrew, and we watch this so you don't have to.